Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Naked Leadership Podcast. My name is Chad. This episode, we have a fantastic conversation with you with Lori Harder as our guest. She is amazing. There's so many things that we could have talked about with her. She's an author. She's an influencer. She's She owns and runs so many different companies, and she's just a brilliant mind. We've had the opportunity to have a few different conversations with her now around some other projects that we're having or that we have going on. Uh, I, I just love her. I can't speak enough about her. We've decided to switch up the format of our conversations with guests on this podcast, and I can't wait to hear what you think about it. Uh, really, we want it to be more of a workshop kind of conversation where where our guests can ask questions about leadership and working with their teams and working with team members, uh, resolving conflicts, all of those sort of things. And Lori is really up against something big. You know, she's starting a new brand and she's got to build a team around that brand to support her and support the brand and accomplish the mission. And she had some fantastic questions around building a team. And I'm just so grateful for her willingness to jump in on the Naked Leadership Podcast and expose where she needs help and wants clarity. And man, she is awesome and so grateful for her uh, being willing to jump into this space. This is going to be our format going forward with any guests. And uh, we really want it to be more of that sort of workshoppy, uh, let's get something done in this conversation sort of thing. And I hope it's a gift to all of you. I know it was for me. So uh, without further ado, let's jump in. Lori Harder, everyone. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Conversation. This is the Naked Leadership Podcast. I have to tell you, I'm so excited for the conversation today. We have Lori Harder on the con- on the podcast with us. And uh, I'm going to claim it right up front. I'm nervous <laughs> to host a podcast with her on it. If you haven't listened to her podcast, Earn Your Happy, you must. She is a master behind the microphone. Yes. And... Uh, oh. And uh, Adrian got a chance to be a guest on that podcast a couple of weeks ago. An amazing conversation that you should go check out. Um, but I wanted to claim that right up front so that when you hear the shake in my voice, <laughs> you'll, you'll know what's going on. Um, but we're so, so delighted to have you, Lori. Thank you for your generosity being here in this conversation. We're going to talk about some pretty powerful stuff and stuff that's on the top of a lot of founders' minds right now. And uh, so grateful that you're here to do this. I'm gonna, if it's okay, I'm gonna turn the time over to you and let you introduce yourself as it applies to the topic that we're gonna be talking about. Today, we're gonna be talking about new hires, finding talent, what to consider, um, mistakes we've made, uh, lessons we've learned, how we're applying those and practicing those. So uh, with that set up, Lori, welcome. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Chad, Dan, Adrian, this is freaking amazing. And Chad, you're my people. My show started like probably my first year of shows is just me going, I'm so nervous. Like I used to have panic attacks speaking on stage. Like I used to think I could never do it. So I'm like, hey, I see you. Yeah, I feel that flutter in my heart. Like it's just now I know it's just like, it's it's my friend. It's always, always there. So I just kind of like, you know, we roll with it. But thank you for saying that. You actually made me feel so at ease. So that's a trick of mine too. Like just say the elephant in the room and get it out. Um, yeah. You guys, on, I, speaking of, so uh, when you said, because you, you had like a throwaway line that I was very interested in. 
that I think most people probably that were listening missed. You said you're really nervous for the first year and it's nervousness. You used to talk about it. And now it's my friend. What do you mean by that? So I guess great. That's why you do what you do. <laughs> let's unpack that, Adrian. All right. Let's okay. Um, cool. I just, I mean, it's. I love it yeah. because you know what? It's such a good point because I haven't. It's not that I've gotten less nervous. It's that I've stopped resisting it, so the wave washes over me faster. So I just know it's a. It's. It may never go away. It used to be the thought of this needs to go away. This needs to go away. I can't do this with this. And now it's. It's okay. Maybe this is a part of what I do. Maybe this keeps me on my toes. Maybe this is here for me. Maybe this is a gift. And when I accept yeah. that and I let it in and I tell people just like Chad did, and I, you, I will never speak without saying something like that or telling them doing a funny joke about like deflecting back onto the audience so I can catch my breath on stage. Like it's just, it's now become, it, it, I think it's a part of what actually has made me successful is just always being like documenting and being authentic with where I'm at. So, yeah. That's great. We, it's a, we call it the transformation of an enemy into an ally. Oh, that's good. That's right. Mm -hmm. a big part of our work. Yeah. Oh, so you're turning it over to me. That's that part that yeah. I haven't finished yeah. talking yeah. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so I'm going to give just a little bit about um, – uh, what I started doing. I started in the fitness world and I was actually a personal trainer from there. I realized that I wanted my own um, studio. So I, one of my clients was a chiropractor. She had a, a unfinished basement and she was like, Hey, would you want to ever uh, train people out in my unfinished basement and you don't have to pay rent for the first X amount of time and whatever that looks like. So I, I opened my own studio in this little unfinished basement and I started getting clients in that way. And from there, I was like, this is after Chris and I had um, in 2007, we had literally 2007, 2008, we had lost everything in the recession. Um, our homes, our cars started over in this little one bedroom apartment. So I knew that I needed to go and do more. Hence the starting my own gym. And from there, I realized that my training sessions, no matter how many I did, were not making a dent in this $300,000 and along with life because my sessions were like $40 per hour. And so I just had this moment of there has got to be more than this. Like I have to do more. What does this look like? And the best place for me was rock bottom because I always let my panic and my fears get in the way prior to this. It was what I blamed. It was like, well, you know, I was homeschooled through high school. Um, I got the short end of the stick where my parents didn't encourage me to go to college. I have anxiety. I have panic attacks. So until I hit rock bottom, I was leaning on all those things. I was like, no, you know, my, my husband's making a good living. I'm enjoying my life over here, like working in this way, except there was always that thing in me that was eating me alive at night. It was literally consuming me because I knew I was made for more. So I wasn't happy. In fact, I was drinking a lot. I was binge eating, yet I had this cover of this personal trainer um, on. So at this moment, rock bottom was actually the most beautiful place in the world, which I'm sure a lot of people right now are kind of finding them, themselves in it. And when you're in it, let me tell you, it's not beautiful. It's horrible, but it does take away all, a lot of your um, crutches, right? It takes away all the things that you're blaming. So at that point, I was like, like God, universe, whatever, like I'm open. And I had this client who was in network marketing, but she was using it as weight loss. She was using all of these different supplements and shakes as weight loss. And from there, um, she lost a hundred pounds in a matter of like six months. 
And I would love, I would have loved to pat myself on the back as her trainer three to five times a week, but my other clients were not getting those results. So from there I was like, okay. And she was sharing her paychecks with me actually at the time too. And I was like, you made what last month? And I was like, okay, but I can't network market. And then like a week later, she showed me another one. And I was like, guess what? I'm a network marketer. Teach me how to teach me how to do all these sales. So it was one of the hardest things to (laughs) over for me, like the the ego of like, what are people going to think? Like, what are these people going to think? Especially in the fitness world, it was actually kind of like frowned upon. And I knew that I also wanted to be on these magazine covers and I was going for this whole other career, but they kind of frowned upon doing both those things. So I was like, okay, if I save myself over here and make this money, I have to throw away this dream. And I was like, but what if that's not true? Like, what if that's not the case? So I knew we needed to make money, went for that. Um, and it, it was year two, we made our first seven figures um, in network marketing, which was unheard of for us. Like we had never made over, you know, $250,000 in a year. And it wasn't what I was making. It was what, what my husband was making. And so that, by the way, you guys are going to love this. The reason why we ended up being able to do that is because we read um, Secret, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harvecker in bed every night that whole year. We did the money mantras. We did all the things we thought were stupid that became so real for us. And it there's no other way than if we got rid of our money stories and learned a new story. That's what that book is all about, is changing your money story, um, that we would have been able to do that. So from there, what happened is that really became the seed money for this um, women's empowerment movement, this personal development community, writing a book, starting this big women's event that's been going on for eight years. And now, long story short, now that I have done that and I love it and I'm obsessed, what I'm actually obsessed with is the community aspect and now physical products. So I've run like a digital company and had a team of about anywhere from like five to eight people throughout the last um, probably eight, nine years. And now I'm moving into the CPG space. So consumer product goods, which is an alcohol company um that gives back to women for women by women and this is a whole new genre for me um i am about to raise money that's been the fastest crash course of my life um i i am the person i'm the enroller like i can enroll anyone on anything because i will keep that vision alive like i give it the heartbeat i um will create i will help create plans and do all the things but where i'm finding myself right now is really in a whole new world of needing to put together a team um and wanting them to be bought into the vision but also wanting them to be an expert wanting them to give me feedback yeah so that that's that's where i'm at right now I love that. And at the top, I want to say we've been consulting or Lori and Chris have been consulting us on some of our things that we're that we're working on digitally. We're putting out some digital courses for founders, just really diving into the opportunity of remote learning for founders and 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 creating opportunity that way. And you guys have been such a gift to us through this process. I can't even tell you, I I felt lost before and you guys have brought so much clarity. Mm -hmm. I want people to know, I mean, we're not going to go into detail about a lot of the things that you guys have going on, but we're going to, I'm going to link to everything in the description of this episode so that as people are intrigued and, and get to see the power that is Lori, uh, they can, they can jump down there and, and jump into whatever it is you've got going on. So, um, I just want everybody to know that everything will be linked below. We're going to talk very specifically though now about this topic of building a team, which is exciting and 
frustrating and all the things, right? I mean, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. and um, we've all made mistakes there. We've all had wins. We've learned lessons and we're going to dive into those, um, dive into those now. So I wanted to start by talking about, um, as you think about building this team, what are the things, what are the considerations that you roll over in your head over and over again? Like, what do those conversations look like mm. around bringing people on? I want to I give people kind of a, both the relatability to you, because I know mm. that they will be very relatable, but also kind of an inside scoop on what it is that you're considering as you, as you think about building this team. Oh, it, this has been, so I'm still in the beginning phases, right? Because I'm still in the like raising money rounds. I, pretty much it was, I have my formulation. I'm building out my, um, uh, right now I'm building out like who's going to be involved, who the investors I would love to be. And so honestly, when I'm thinking of a team, I'm having that conversation starting in the back of my head and I'm starting to have that conversation with people. It feels like Tetris right now. Um, it, it can actually, it it can feel like the part that could could actually sabotage you or make you feel stuck or like you can't do this. So if there's one conversation that's kind of um, making me feel like, whoa, wait a minute, am I the person for this? You know, because we all have that voice. And there are times when I'm working in this that I'm like, I'm made for this. Oh my God, I can see it. I feel it. I know it. This is exactly how my other dream started, like that exact feeling. I know I'll have enough to pull it through. Then when I start getting... I want to see the whole path is the thing. And I know that that is never possible. So it feels like Tetris to me right now because there's no, I don't have a a clear plan because we don't, you don't ever know a timeline. Do I bring this person on first or this person? Will I have the funds to bring on this person? When these funds in, who should I hire first? Like what's the most important? So um, that is what's going on in my brain right now. It, it feels really exciting and I know it's going to happen. What I am observing myself doing is like pulling back from the needing to know and having as many conversations with leaders and founders as I can, which is why I was actually so excited to come on this podcast when I started to see that it was kind of like getting pitched like, and what are you struggling with? I was like, oh, this is, (laughs) let me tell you, because I'd love to learn. Um, So that's where I'm at right now. So you're at you're in the raising of the finances and and you're thinking about how to build the team. If I heard you correctly, is that right? Yes. Like, and and what have you discovered so far? Like, what are what's the biggest challenge for you in establishing the team? Um, right now, because it's alcohol, I really need to find an alcohol expert first. Um, so that will answer a lot of questions for us as far as what we're even allowed to do. Because right now, what's happening is we have so many ideas. You guys know, like we have had a a member, I've had memberships for 10 years. Like I've been building digital memberships um, for 10, like this has been our thing. I I am a community builder. I can um, get people to purchase digital products. So I I know that once I actually have a tangible product and you can just tell me how to get this thing online and how I can do that, that's when I know it's just going to be able to click. So that's where we are now is really going what even what even falls under the title of an alcohol expert right so and there's so many different ideas of that can we find somebody who can do two things is this somebody who's an expert and also a marketing expert um yes mm-hmm. so what, <laughs> and what's the purpose of the of that position what does that free you up to do oh, like, be in my be in my zone community build um, build out the memberships, build out what's possible to create in the community. Um, 
because right now I, I don't, in the beginning, you don't get to, you don't get to focus on the things that make you feel really strong. So I can find myself going in and out where normally I'm really solid. Like I can feel really in. And when I'm, when the plan is not secure, I just did a podcast on this this morning, guys. Um, when the plan for me is not there, I, I can feel a little shaky. I can have some soft spots. Yeah, there's a, there's, it's interesting you say that because in planning such a crazy thing, you, you've got to, you know, there's there's some things you can line out and you know that this is worth taking the risk because you can see the, you can see the, the constants and you can predict with the constants what the range of variables will be. And then there's the, the, un, there's the, what we would call, um, it's um, uncertainty. It's, it's like, the, that's, you don't know what's going to happen. So one of the things, what I'm asking is, what's the purpose of hiring the alcohol expert? Like what, what is it, the outcomes that you want to have with it? And, and then you know, like, what's the range of the, what's the, the scope of that position and what do you want it to cover for you? Do you know? Yes. Um, I would love, I would like to know from the alcohol expert, like how to have them guide me to either the best path for, should I partner with a winery? Should I partner with somebody who already owns an alcohol company? Should I give them equity or should I pay them? Should I, you know, all of these, um, unknowns, but I would like it to free me up essentially somebody who can really help guide me on what is going to be the best path for what we see on our end being our strengths. So I want to find somebody who can take our strengths and, and amplify them and show us what route we should take in order for us to be able to play back in our zone of genius. Because what can happen is I've had some shiny things come up like, well, yeah, you can just go over here and maybe go with this large distributor and you could just get into the stores. And I'm like, oh, I could get my product out there for what? Nobody to know about it. Like, and for, you know, different people, retailers to say, hey, nobody knows about your product. You don't make me money. I gave you a shot already back in the day. Remember that? And it didn't work out. So why would I ever do it again now that you have your ducks in the row and proof of sales? So, um, yes. <laughs> Good, got it. So somebody to help you set the specifics on the strategy is what I'm hearing. And from yeah. insider and in, in someone that's that's that is um, you know experienced enough to know all the five paths and talk to you articulately about how to leverage what you guys do really well, which is audience build, invest in your people. I mean, you've got a such a. I mean, now that I'm in your tribe. Um, and, and, you know, watching the generosity of your tribe and the investment and the engagement with your tribe. I mean, that's going to be huge. So, so finding somebody that can see you distinctly is what I'm, what I'm hearing is like seeing the distinct gift that you are and what you have to bring. Yes. And not mm -hmm. treating you like one of the million other beverages out there. Like how do you actually let you be distinctly you and then keep you there? Yes. That yeah. you put it much more eloquently than I did. And that's, that's cool. That's exactly what we're looking for is somebody who can see what an asset we are as someone who can not only potentially bring eyes to their platform or company, um, right. so someone who understands the direct to consumer path and what we can bring because all of, you know, in Adrian, you, you know, you just said it like there, there's multiple Lori's and Chris's in my tribe who have these incredible lists and tribes and followings. And it's not even that we, maybe we don't have the millions on Instagram, but I will tell you our tribe is 
like they go they run deep like they're consumers they purchase right the proof of sales so it doesn't matter if you have a million people but if they've never bought a product from you what matters is do you have a buying audience who knows loves and trusts you and knows you're only going to put out a good product and create a beautiful place for them to connect like truly that's what this company is it's a place for women it's you know a beverage that comes with a community so um that's what i'm looking for and thank you because that will be really helpful for me when i'm talking to people you're welcome <laughs> well, I mean, I just, I mean, I was telling a joke. I said it in a joke to some other client uh, recently, and he's like, "So, what do you do, really?" I'm like, "Well, I help. I listen to people and then reframe it for them in ways that are very approachable and actionable." Mm. You know, I mean, that's part yeah. of not all about what I think our work is. Is like because I, I even need this for myself, right? Because it seems so complex. My world seems complex from behind my eyes. And having somebody else that can look at my world in a just you know objectively and mm -hmm. then help me see it from that way, all of a sudden my world behind my eyes is different. It's like we just changed the filter on you know, our, our new set of glasses, like, oh, that looks different. Oh, I, I've got what it takes. I'm you know. Mm -hmm. It's like having someone else write your bio for you, you're like, dang, great <laughs> job. <laughs> I know. It's so vulnerable. Uh-huh. It's so vulnerable to do all that stuff. It's very much our experience in this process that we're going through with you and Chris, right? Yeah. We, this, all we see is this like giant that we've got to take down and you guys are like, oh no, this little piece, this little piece. Mm -hmm. this little, and it's like, oh, obviously. Yes. You know? The other thing that I heard, Lori, and you can let me know if this is correct or not, but the other thing I heard in your answer was, you know, you're fine. You're looking for somebody to get you back into your superpower. Yes. Yeah. million percent. So my question, which is an interesting question for a lot of reasons for me is how will you know when you find them? Yeah, that's what I was hoping you guys could tell me. <laughs> well, the question um, is, what, 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 what do you, are you looking specifically for trait wise? Like, you know what, what? that's for both of you. That is such a, those are, those are such good points because that's actually, thank you for, this is like, so this is so powerful. You guys, thank you. Um, okay. For you as it is for us, that's great. Yeah, and you came to play, so thank you. Yeah. Oh, this is so much fun. This is, by the way, this is like what my friends and I do for like a dream day. We just add some like Prosecco or something to it. So um, <laughs> we can do that too. Yeah, we can do that too. Um, Chad, Chad's water bottle is just full of Prosecco right now. I know it. <laughs> it's actually just tequila. Yes. <laughs> He's like, no, no, Prosecco was this morning. Tequila was now. Okay. Um, He's normally not this funny. <laughs> so, Chad, so, Chad, getting me, so somebody, who, when will I know that this is the right person? Um, man, the same way that I have known the the other things that have ended up working. And, and we forget this, right? I think that we forget that we do have this, this guidance system inside of us that we can feel and figure out. And the thing is, is sometimes it's, it, it feels different or scary right away. But for me, it's like, if I just go back and kind of like lean into that and trust, like, is this person a good fit? Like marinate on it, take it on a walk, ask a few people, like do your core values align. And that's a big one for me. Like, do they, you know, for me, it's, 
are they fun to work? Does it feel fun to work with them? And do they have different strengths than you? But can you guys like really um, communicate openly? That's a huge core value for me. Like, is it cool that we don't have to um, sugarcoat freaking everything before we say it? Because when business gets serious, that's going to be really tough, right? Like, how can we have direct communication um, and not take things personal? Um, so that's a big one for me. So that's a that's one way that I would know. Um, I'd want somebody who's willing to kind of push back on some of my ideas, but not shoot them down at the same time. So I think that it's like someone who'd be really open to saying, what's the language that you speak and like, how can we speak effectively? And so I can show you different um, sides of this and perspectives that would feel really good for me. Um, somebody who's excited about the company, but I also know from having, you know, I've probably employed like 15 people at this point in my life. And I also know that they're probably not going to be as excited as me sometimes. Um, that's why I was thinking about like, maybe I'll know more about giving them more of, maybe I'll think about equity in the company. Maybe I'll like, what's important to me? Do I want them to feel really bought in or is that not important? Or um, so those are some big, big things for me is I would in a perfect world, like them to feel excited and bought in and, and enough to to have them spitball ideas and see how they can get excited about the role that they play in it. Um, those are the ways that I would feel it. Those are the kind of traits I'm looking for. So it sounds like there's a few in here and you mentioned tensions in there. There's some tensions or like they like one is you want somebody who's confident in what they're up to, but also very open to what's possible. Yep. The other one I heard was you want somebody who can, who's willing to risk, but also anticipate, with you, the potential downfalls, they don't, you don't want them to rain on the parade, but you want them to be able to look into the future and anticipate the pitfalls that could be coming on. So uh -huh. there's, there's a tension. And the other one is you want somebody who wants to develop personally, but, and, and, and the way, the other thing is, what are they up for the challenge? Mm -hmm. right? So those are like, when you say, yeah, I, I really get excited because we, we have a very big thing about, okay, do we get this person? But we're, we're actually listening to something in the background that we're not aware of. It goes on as a meta conversation that we're going, we're, it's like looking for. So if I can be really aware of what I'm listening for, it heightens my intuition, or my ability, if you will, to connect with whether this person is there or not. Because I can see where the, I, I can, I, like, you know, when you feel something's off with somebody, mm -hmm. it's like checking into what tension am I intuiting mm. off so I can set up a set of, an inquiry to see what what's going on in that tension. So let's say I'm talking to Adrian and he wants to get paid a whole lot of money. And, and, he, and I've discovered that he's very competent and I really like this guy and he's sharp and he's going to get it done. Right. Mm -hmm. What's the factor? If the guy wants to get paid a lot of money, then I'm willing to pay if he can deliver. Is he motivated to do the work, even though he's very qualified? Is he motivated to go through and now what I'm going to do is set up a, a series of questions to see how well he struggles and is he willing to struggle and get my best view on his ability to wrestle with things and, and how motivated is he to stay in the conversation with me, right? Mm. Because he may be very well capable of doing the work, but he may not want to put himself to the challenge, right? So uh, these are things that we work with on Matrix, right? That kind of So the, the more intuition, I get, like if we listen to you, we could break down what are some of the, there's like 12 paradoxes we're listening for that are wow. that you're going to have to navigate, yeah. right? 
Everybody mm -hmm. has to navigate these tensions if they're going to bring something to, about. And you want the team to be fairly balanced in that ability. So that, that's one of the things we would do is like come up with almost like a checklist of these tensions to listen for and then take the interview into the place where you into it, there might be some imbalance. You're for hire, correct? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was like, did we attract, like, did the universe just go, okay, here you go. Like, let's try, let's just do this. Um, the answer yeah. to that is always yes, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hiring, we're always here. Yes, that is okay. So this is really interesting because I come, I come from the world of yes. There's a lot of um, you know business background, but it's a very different type of business that I was doing. Um, a lot of our hiring what were implementers. Uh, so now that we're hiring true like strategists and people who are going to help pull this idea forward, this is very this is a very new arena for me. So for me, I will tell you where. You know, so much of what has, um, you know, made my decisions in the past is still a beautiful decision maker, which is my uh, intuition and just the thought process and my past experiences. Yep. But now I also have to truly look for certain qualities in people um, to know, you know, what are these conversations going to look like? Because now it's it's truly like I I'm needing their input. I'm valuing their input where before I've never you know, did I have input? Absolutely. More from mentors and coaches and guides, but less from, uh, you know, somebody who's actually, I'm, I'm leading them. That's a very yeah. different, that's a very different place for me. And the distinction I was making is between their competency and their attitude, right? Mm -hmm. okay. What they prefer, because people will do 75% of the time, they're going to do what they prefer. So if I really understand what this person's preferences are, if I can get a sense of them I, and see how they, how they line up with what our goals are, then I know that they're probably going to enjoy working with us. But if if they're competent and they're not lined up that way, if they're not kind of the black boxes, how do people, what, what's their attitude? How, what's their preference? Like their, their kind of matrix of preferences, does it really fit the value system we're after, which you started with, mm -hmm. right? And you put it, it's like our, our job is to get, help you get your competency so uh, so it's a like you're we're all unconsciously competent at what we're good at. So mm -hmm. if, if I can get it to, so I'm aware of it, it's easier for me to see what's going to match into it and work as a culture, how to balance where I'm weak, how to strengthen, how to support, you know, uh, and and create succession where I can pull up higher and other others with the same skill can can replace me, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that, that all I was getting at is if you can distinguish those or pull them apart. Then you're going to have it's going to be easier to to develop a strategy. Mm. So. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm thinking of I mean so much stuff's coming up for me. The uh, as I try to put it in order here, a few things. One is um, especially for you in particular. I wouldn't and I wouldn't say this to everybody, but for you in particular, you're so off the charts at certain things, right? And you know it, like your genius zone. What you're really just I mean. I, you know, even you said I could sell anything. I'm an enroller. I'm master. I can get people in whatever it is. You know, um, so that's good to know and own, and then good to know that oh, if I don't watch it, that's going to be the problem. Yeah, right. Because mm -hmm. I mean, my experience with you, and I, I was going to say this earlier. I'll just say it now. Whenever we did our first call with you and Chris, I literally was. I don't know even the word for it. I was taken back by the generosity and and 
enthusiasm and optimism and how my life felt after I was done with you guys. Oh my God, it's gonna make me cry. <laughs> so awesome. I couldn't, even, I couldn't even type it up. I'm like sitting and trying to get the kids for to dinner, but I wanted to send a note while the field was <laughs> there for me. But I'm feeling I'm like, how do I even talk about this? Meaning, like, you know, you're you are an inspiring, you know, generous, um, just so engaged human being, which is wonderful. And um, people believe things, believe you and believe things are possible when they're around you, um, which is great. And anything that we, we talk about, anything that we like might over index on or like really great at or have such a high preference for, if we don't watch it, that becomes the Achilles heel. Like, how do I even noticing my relationship to my own optimism yeah. well, for you? You know, it's like your relationship to your own intuition. Like that's such a natural owned I make decisions from my gut. I just know what's right. And, you know, it might come out in other language and labels, too. It's like the universe. You just feel it. There's a hunch. There's a whatever. And you actually trust that so deeply, which has worked for you and mm -hmm. compels those that also are driven by such conversations. And I think it's great. That's one of those tensions is, you know, trusting intuition versus, you know, trusting analytical, like trusting this, you know, facts. Yeah. Or the, you know, what are the, what are the data points? What must be here in real life tangible versus what is true for you? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in, you know, there are, I was, I was also thinking about, I mean, I think, cause you're going to, you're looking for someone that you can, that you can lead, but distinctly, right. Cause you used to hire, you're used to hiring implementers, which are folks mm -hmm. that listen to you and rock and roll. And you, yep. you, you've already said it, you want to hire a, a strategist, which is much more closer to your level. And at times like, you know, more competent, more experienced than yeah. be leading you yep. at time if they do it well, mm -hmm. you know, and I just think about our relation, our conversations, Dan, you know, cause he and I have some distinctions and I remember early in ours, um, one of my, one of things I love about Dan is that he believes in everyone. He got a little nervous about that. I got nervous about it. <laughs> I got nervous when we when we came in in formal partnership together. We've known each other for a long time, and he's been a mentor of mine for a long time. And for many uh, obvious reasons, anybody that listens to this knows the brilliance of Dan Tacchini. But they don't really know his legacy. His legacy is you know, making impact on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people, probably much even further than that over over his career. Mm -hmm. And part of the beauty of that, and that what he has that I don't have, is he everybody that he meets. He's like this guy's amazing. Hmm. I'm more cynical than that. Than it's Dan. the only reason I'm still around. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but when it came to hiring, you know, I was, I, he was always, he could typically would bring a conversation like this guy's great. I talked to him about this and I'm always like breaks, put the brakes on, hold on. What's going on. <laughs> yeah. just, you know, it's like, beep, beep, you know, um, but what was good is like, we've had that conversation because that's one of the, you, one of the gifts of Dan Tacchini is his belief in the world and belief in others. And there's no, there's no path dark enough. We can always, there's always, you know, this, um, everything can work out. Everything can be transformed. Everything can be reinvented. Um, and I needed to be able to talk about that, um, which we did. And he was very open to it and considered it, right? Because I, I want his optimism and belief and engagement to be real for people. Um, and I don't want us, us, you know, to have tension about it too. And I also wanted to have my voice to it, you know, and so we found a way to like vet mm -hmm. people and he is, you know, we, it can go in different, different patterns. Now my, my point is to be able to have your, your 
the the gift that you are on on 10 out of 10 volume and make sure that um, the that other people are bringing in other conversations which you're aware of you're already mm -hmm. you're thinking about but yeah my, his concern was right on because as a kid as a younger leader I had dug some holes by just bringing people on I believed in mm. weren't where they needed to be <laughs> they weren't where they needed to be and certainly they could develop that but it actually hurt the company asset wise to that wasn't a good investment for the company and so when he brought it up I was like no I get it I can be blindly optimistic I have though developed a long so the tension there is optimism which is the you know the belief that the future is going to turn out positive mm -hmm. and then the, the counterbalance is analyzing pitfalls the ability to see the potential downsides because a lot of I've noticed that when I used to get optimistic, if somebody wanted to bring up the pitfalls, it almost felt like they were raining on my parade. Mm -hmm. But after I made that mistake a few times when he brought it up, by that time I'd been mature enough to go, oh, I've heard this. This is very good. I need to listen to this because absolutely I can mm -hmm. I can hurt the team by just bringing anybody on, right? And so. Yeah, this feels so, okay. So this is actually kind of the exact place and thing that I needed to hear because I, so, it's funny because my husband and I hire always our team. We do interview processes together typically. Um, so it's funny because he's always, uh, I'll like somebody and just be like, yeah, yeah, they're good. But I'm not sure I haven't had that. Like I'm in love with them feeling. And I find that when I have that, I'm in love with them feeling it typically doesn't, they don't turn out to be the best employee. So now I'm deciphering between like, okay, let's bring in, deciphering between that, uh, like the emotions that I'm used to feeling with some people. And also like, now I kind of like swim a little bit further past the, uh, let's just say, because I come from so much of like teaching about intuition and trusting your intuition. And I'm really learning that my best hires, our best hires have been when Chris has helped me break it down and say, Okay, Lori, but let's really look at the day to day and let's make sure, you know, what's their attitude on this and how are they going to show up in this? And um, we've made hires that I'm like, God, I'm just, uh, I'm not sure. Like my gut is kind of like not, it's, it's feeling off. And when I really sit with it a, a bit longer, um, that's when some of our best hires have come in. Like when we can really start to break down exactly, exactly what we're actually hiring them for, because Sometimes yeah. it's tough, right. right? You want you want them to do good on the team and you want them to like fit in with the team and have the energy that you want every day, especially because our team was working at home for years, you guys, like eight years with people in your house who kind of, while you want, it's, it's a funny thing to balance when it's at home, especially because you want that skill, but you also don't want a downer or you yeah. don't want someone who kind of doesn't fit with this like very outgoing team. But I'm finding some of the people we need are not, a, they're, they're just different, right? Yeah. It's like... So what? this is so good to hear is like, there's, let's do some strategy with it. Let's back away for a while. Um, and, you know, go off that emotion because it can't, emotions are like what, they just get us in trouble, you guys. I got a great movie for you to watch. You know, what is gonna, it? It's called Instant Family. Hmm. Watch hmm. on Netflix. Okay. It, you just reminded me of the, so it's a couple, they, they remodel houses and stuff and they're in love. It's, you know, uh, Mark Wahlberg stars in it. This other guy was really good. They're married and and uh, they want to. They, they don't have kids and they're in their late thirties or early forties and they want to have kids. And uh, they they adopt. They they go to adopt three kids and 
And there, there's a scene in there where you, did, you described almost like what you said. It's like they, they turn to each other, having a hell of a time with these three kids they adopted. <laughs> and one of them goes, did you have a spiritual, did you have a mystical experience when we interviewed them? No, I didn't. Then they got nervous, right? <laughs> they eventually, it's well done. You got to watch it. But you jerk the tears out of you. It's a great show. But it's, it seems like that happens for a lot of people. We hire people in our intuition that are like us. And it feels odd. It feels like our intuition goes off at times, and it's hard to discern whether it's because it's a detecting something that we ought to, that should be paid attention to and get them out, or it's illuminating our insecurity in an area where we don't have the expertise and we're not quite sure what the expertise is, and it's sending a bell off, right? Mm -hmm. And there's only one way. It's interesting because in discerning the possibilities or you know probabilities, you can't use a probability formula there you've got to go you got to instead revert back there's no scientific formula for that you got to go to what's going on here to see if that's really what's going on there's a set that's why we come up with those it's helped me because i get that same feeling mm -hmm. and by doing the by understanding these tensions it gives my intuition something to listen for if this person's competent are they open are they motivated are they willing to take on a challenge are they personally, do they believe in per, uh, interpersonal development? Like that's a big deal. If you want to go into a company that's a startup mm -hmm. and you're hire people and they don't have a high level of desire to self-improve, they will be very difficult in the culture because the culture is going to engage change, which mm -hmm. is going to cause you to change yourself. And if somebody's already, there's really high on, let's say, self-confidence, but low on, uh, Oh, you know, they're low on the openness or the willingness to to improve themselves, then they're not going to move well in the culture. Right. That's another one of those t tensions I needed to take a look at because I get I fall in love with competency. And I so. Fall so what so what you guys do. So is this for each person that comes on, let's say that they're going through this with you guys for each person, you fill in what's obviously important. And then does the person take a test or. Yeah. Are, Okay. We have, we've developed a way, we have a process where we can identify the key conversations that are going to be essential with any individual in any position. We have what's called a job success formula that we can put together. And then we run that and that'll identify, it, it just gives us the idea of where they might be in those tensions very accurately. But we don't know the nature of that. So we, we can talk to them about it. And given their response, if they're open, that gives us a lot of room to look and somebody may not have, let's say, the emotional IQ we want, but they're open and they're willing to learn and they're high on self-improvement. That person could be very, might be a better hire than somebody who's more competent, but close to self-improvement. That's amazing. And do you want to know what else is going to make me stuck is the fact that while you're talking, I'm thinking of how we could turn this into one of your opt-ins. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is what we were thinking about this. You wrecked our world last time we met. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, Lori, pay attention. And they could also do this. <laughs> Thank you. After our last call with you, and all three of us went home depressed. Not because what you told us was bad, but we realized, you know what, we're going to have to focus ourselves. Everybody's been telling us this. We mm -hmm. can't do it. And, and, but then we got excited after we went through the morning. And, and you know what's so funny? I knew I knew the process you guys were in because I've gone through it so many times on my own where I'm like, oh, I'm doing it again. I'm trying to do all of those things again. And someone will be like, you can, but you're going to be in that same 
frustrated spot that you are trying to actually get out of right now. Um, yeah. So yes, but that is so amazing. I literally love, um, yeah, I feel like, I feel like I shouldn't be hiring without doing that exact thing. So well, it can be, it can be a really powerful, I'll say shortcut. Um, but you know, and we have lots of clients that do it. Yeah. Um, especially when they're hiring these types of, I mean, they can do it across the board. Uh, mm -hmm. and some companies do that. Um, but even especially when they need to get it right, like when they're hiring yeah. for like a high st strategic, high dollar or for your maybe you do some kind of equity thing. You don't want to get this wrong. No. Um, but interviewing is awkward and interviewing mm -hmm. if left to be if, if the human being is left to do what the human being wants to do in an interview, everybody wants to impress themselves. I mean, to be impressive, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, like they want to impress you. That's part of the game that's happening. You want to impress them. If you like them, they, you want them to like you. So you're so it's like this, you know, this right. Thing, this. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like little game we're playing. Mm -hmm. And so how do you get to, how do you get to the core? I mean, and I'm sure you're, you're great at this because of, I've been, I've experienced your type of interviewing, like you're, you know, being on your show, but how do we pinpoint the, 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 the pain points now? Mm -hmm. kind of part of the game? Cause there's going to be pain that's going to come. There's going to be aspects of our personality. We're not going to like about each other. There's going to be aspects of what's happening in the business that we're not going to like. We really need to illuminate, how we're going to be with how we're going to be with the thing, how we're going to take on the challenge and how we're going to be with each other when we're taking on the thing, because there are some non-negotiables for you that you, you you're probably clear about. Um, but most people aren't clear about what their own internal non-negotiables are. Like, what does it mean yeah. to play on the team? Yeah. And if those aren't illuminated because that's the implicit, the under the table agreement about, hey, I'm going to hire you. But I actually have a handful of conversations about what it means to be on this team <laughs> that usually are under the table. Until there's a problem and then they have it above the table. And then it's like, oh, you didn't tell me that, that I've got to be positive all the time. What I mean, I'm over here crunching data, you know. Um, oh, my God. I love this. Yep. So mm -hmm. it's, it's it's getting those those core convictions or you call them core values like out in front and then mm -hmm. playing with them in real time mm -hmm. um, just to it, see it, if they really want. If they really if it's, I'll, I'll finish here. But if they're really if they're really signing up for the holistic conversation that you're mm. signing them up because their talent is not enough, their history, their competency, their relationships is not enough to be on a thriving, ever-growing team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right on. I, I was going to hit on that in the sense that you're doing all that in the context of each other trying to impress each other. So it, it's actually one step removed, right? And so one of the things, another thing I'll just give you an overview of is understanding, listening for communication patterns, noticing what people emphasize and what they omit, because they're going to emphasize what they want you to see and they're going to omit what they don't want you to see. Mm -hmm. And understanding, listening for that gives you an idea of, along with these other distinctions, gives you an idea of, wow, I, we ought to talk about this because I noticed they're not, they're omitting this part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I might just want to ask a few questions to see what might be in there. There's and you can, if you notice patterns in communication, this is part of what we do with our clients is you can do this not only with people you're hiring, but you start doing with each other. It's, it helps connecting when there's a fear of communicating bad news or there's a fear of not looking good, but you need to look bad to get to where you want to go. So yeah. how can we create an environment where that's welcomed? In fact, that becomes a learning, like iter whenever anything's iterative, if the cultures, you've got to perform and you can't fail, then people start to hide things, right? Mm. So, 
So creating that in the interview itself or in the process itself, creating that permission, that value uh, is, is, is nuanced. And that's one of the things we work with our clients about framing, like kind of building it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lori, I want to respect your time. And, and we started a little late and I didn't ask you in the beginning. I'm good. Time frame? I can, I can roll. Yep. I okay. don't have anything. This is my, um, yeah, I'm working on creative today, so we're good. Awesome. I can be creative with you. Fantastic. <laughs> I, ha- I have a question that I think is um, is relevant to this conversation as you're talking about, because what we're really dancing, not really dancing around, but what we're adding value to is what is the vision? I, I would love to hear. I mean, you kind of set it up in the beginning of the call where you said it's for women, by women, empowering women, helping women. But I want to know, like, I'm so intrigued to know what is your vision? What are you committed to cause for people to interact with the brand and the product. Okay. I'm so excited. I'm like, you asked, here we go. Um, so, uh, to be the largest, um, alcohol female, um, like beverage company that exists, uh, because we, the whole, the, the North stars of it are connect, collaborate, celebrate, which is what I've always done for women. Um, I wrote an entire book called a, a tribe called bliss about, about trying to teach women how to talk to each other, how to have tough conversations, how to not dispose of our relationship so quickly because we're mad at someone or we had unspoken agreements or high expectations, or we took things personal. Um, so what I want to do, I realized that while the book did really well, I really wanted it to impact millions. Um, and I believe that it still will continue to do that. But I had an epiphany moment. I was like, who, who did I want? Who do I want to impact the most? I really want this conversation to be a mainstream conversation. And by writing a book and asking them to start like a, a book club master, it's literally a book that was made to start a book club with. So you can read it alone, but it's actually meant to be read in a group. There's an invite at the front that you invite your friends. And what happened is while it did wonderful, I was like, man, that didn't do the ripple that I was really praying for. And I said, oh my God, it's because I'm trying to meet mainstream women where mainstream women are not. And I was like, where are these mainstream women? They think that connecting is over cocktails and alcohol, except they don't know how to have the real conversations. So I was like, okay, let's play stupid idea time. So I played stupid idea time for six months with it. I was like, are you really going to go from this personal development company, digital products, e-courses into alcohol? Like it actually felt like I was like, oh my God, what are some of my friends? Like, what are some people in my community going to say? Like, you're, you're all about personal development, empowering women, and you're going to tell them to go drink now. I'm like, yes, I am. Um, so uh, that was number one, like the fear around what are people going to say that I was like, who cares? What does my day to day look like? I want to, I want to have fun and I want to connect to women. Okay. Alcohol. That sounds pretty fun. And that sounds like yeah. I connect women. And I said, but how would I do that? And I was like, what if I made this undeniable brand that was so like sexy that it looked like an accessory, right? Because girls, I don't care how personally developed you are or how personally developed you're not, you're going to buy that cute thing. You just are if the branding is like on point, right? You're just, it's going to sound good. The flavors are going to be delicious. It's going to be light because I don't know a girl who's like, yeah, give me the one with more calories. Um, (laughs) It's going to be light. It's going to be beautiful. And on the can it's going to have questions on it. Like the whole thing, you're gonna know that there's guiding questions. So it says, um, grab a friend, answer these questions and go deeper. So there's three questions that are 
intriguing questions. Like I've, I've gotten to where I am because I, I realize that I don't have to be the expert. I can just, the reason I'm interesting is because I can ask interesting questions. It's not hard. And then I can actually get to the points that we want to. I believe you're one person away from all the connections that you need. We're just not asking, asking the questions. So I was like, what if I gave them these questions where they could get all their answers in the groups they're already in? So one of the questions is like, if you really knew me, you would know that I, and obviously these questions are ever changing on the cans, but this is the type of questions. If you really knew me, you would know that I, right? You'll never get to that. You will never get to that answer in a four hour night of drinking cocktails, even if you try, if you're not good at asking questions. Like that answer will bring such a profound like answer to anyone who answers that, that it will open up, it will literally fast forward your relationship like by two to three years just by starting with that question. You'd be like, if you really knew me, you would know, like Chad, like I would have no idea. Like if you weren't someone who would be vulnerable enough to share, like I get nervous immediately. What a crazy connection point. I immediately felt close to Chad because I was like, I feel you. Like, I know what that looks like. I know what that can trigger. Like, I know what it, it means for you to even show up. And like, I would like to take the powerful stance that you're taking. Like, I would never know that, but it could open up a conversation for me all night with Chad, right? Like I could literally go from being like, mm, Chad was boring to like, Chad was freaking amazing. I was obsessed with him. Like, and leave with my answer. So there's three questions that are all around connect, collaborate, celebrate. Um, and also uh, it has a big give back component to women. So I was like, you know what I know? I know that women are getting more intentional. And if we're drinking, we want our money to be going somewhere. Like why would, if we're going to have cocktails anyway, why wouldn't it go back to women and they can go to these different pages or Instagram and see the women that they're actually helping. So it's female entrepreneurs. So um, there's a lot of different things with the company. I told you you're opening up a can of worms, um, but right down to my yearly event, I'm going to be um, eventually starting a light pink founders event. So it's really teaching women, um, you know, how to raise money if they want to, how to collab, like what it really means to collaborate and support rather than just a shout out. Like, no, here's how we actually do it. You share their stuff, you um, buy their stuff, you help raise money you be the voice, you be the volunteer. So it's a, a really taking an active, active, active stance on educating women on what support really looks like. So in the wow. context, that was awesome. Beautiful. Sorry, I'm, I'm, told, I'm like, Oh no, I'm about to go off. No, it's amazing. I'm, I'm on board. board. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Can I, I have, it too? Yes. You know what? We want to do this whole marketing, like this whole marketing, like a ploy around because the, the cans are like very, very feminine. They're pink. We want to do like the girls all go away and the guys all like pull out the, the, <laughs> the drinks together. They're like, finally, we can drink it. Um. <laughs> yes. I love that. And the reason I, I reason I asked you to share that um, in the context of hiring and building a team is my follow-up question to that is how, how will you use all of that energy and that place of the vision to build the team, to build your dream team? Yes. Um, how will I use that? Well, I'm really, you know, what has been working for me is sharing that vision. And I can see right away if people get excited or bought in. Yep. Um, yeah. I share that vision in the beginning of everything. I started it in formulation to know if they were my formulation team even. I kind of don't want to work with people who make me feel like I'm a burden or they're working like, like it's a favor. Like, and I know that maybe I shouldn't be saying that, but I don't want to feel that way anymore. I've felt that way where it's like, I'm doing you a favor. It, 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 it blocks creativity. 
Yep. Yeah, it's a form of resistance. Yeah, right on. What 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 other resistance have you identified? Like, what gets you oh. off your conversation? Oh, oh. I, I mean, you said something that was really powerful. I mean, to me, we're, we're like we're one conversation. It, it, here's how it translated to me: where I'm only one conversation away from intimacy. Mm. And that's what showed up. Yeah. And so I, I wondered what stops that. And, you know, like what, what usually. Oh, I know what stops it. Okay. Um, part of my identity, if I'm being really just vulnerable, is um, for a really long time, I had so much trouble figuring out what real, again, this is why I wrote the book and I write about this, some of the, some of this in there, but um, is I have trouble getting close to people if I feel I can't offer value to them. So if they can give me value and I can't give them equal value, I I almost stop myself from asking for what I need because I, so right now at the place that I'm in, um, like I'm attempting to reach out to mentors, like a lot of different female mentors and it's stopping me because I go, what value do I have for her? And I feel it stopping me. So even though I've reached out to a ton, I need to reach out to a ton more, right? Like this just, if I have this vision, it's going to take a lot of people. So with that said, I also know like there are blocks where I know, I know she has this answer and I know she over here has this answer and I know she hasn't answered five of my emails. So should I give up or should I keep going or do I keep finding someone else or because I can't offer value in this email? Like I'm trying to craft this email saying, okay, now what can I do for you? Like, I, I have this thing where I always want to repay that value exchange and it's an Achilles heel for me, if I'm being honest. Um, I have to just allow, like, and I love it is the thing. Like I love value exchange, but if I can't give it, I don't feel valuable enough to ask. Yeah. Yep. And that's a challenge, like letting people just help me. Like if I just let someone help me or answer questions or guide me without like, I'm like, well, shouldn't I just hire them or should I pay them or should I? And it's like, no, I need to go ask. I need to go ask and let it be okay that I I can't necessarily repay them right now. Um, and maybe I never will. Maybe my maybe me being successful is like their version of of payment, right? So yeah, thanks for that therapy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Ben Franklin said if you want to make friends, ask, go ask someone to do something for you. Oh my God. That really? I've yeah. never seen that quote. And, it's, and neurologically, it's true. You know that is so good. Because if you ask them to do something for you, mm -hmm. and nothing big, you don't have to go like, "Hey, give me a car or something." You know? mm -hmm. Can you do for me, or would you be open to this? It actually invites them. It's it's like a it's it's if you think about it, it the meta conversation is, "I respect you," mm -hmm. and and so if they respond, and they're more, they're very likely to. Right to respond, then then it opens up a, a, a relationship. But I never thought about it that way. When I read what Franklin wrote about it, I went, oh, that's very interesting. That's true. If somebody asks me something, and it's not too out of you know not too crazy, I'm always willing to do that, and I feel good about it. And I wonder why. Well, I've, it's like a, it's like a somebody's giving me a, a gift to mm. give. Me. Yeah. Do you guys have trouble asking though? So even though we both we all know that it feels so good to give, right? Like I'm obsessed with it. It feels great. You get to like be a hero or solve a problem or like make someone feel really good. It's it's we the best thing ever. But do you guys have trouble asking as well? I was just talking about it right before the podcast started. 
Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I, yeah. Yeah. I, I was going back to, um, because of our conversations, where you started creating a whole new web page and, and that, and we needed some new quotes for it. And I had all because of your coaching, you caused this. You. So, you know, I'd been, I'd been resisting asking some of my key clients for a quote. Mm. And I was, what I was making up was, Hey, this relationship's about them. All of a sudden now I'm making it about me or, or what else? I mean, maybe, maybe I'm not doing a great job. Maybe I'd rather not know that. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like all that stuff I make because I'm really asking something from them. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was crazy how much I was, you know, resisting the exposure because it is it is exposed. I mean, ask. I mean, I know. Shoot, I could tell stories throughout my whole life around around how long I waited to ask for help. Mm. Um, you know, it's a, the, the, the major crash of my life, like four years ago when I was, you know, drinking too much and that scandalous lifestyle, all this mess that I was in, you mm -hmm. know, I only knew I needed to ask for help about five years before, <laughs> you know, and the resistance yep. to asking for help really created more mess. And then, um, you know, spending all the time now wondering why I wasn't asking for help. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it, that it, I was just talking with a client right before this around an email that I waited to send for like a month because it sent me an email and as is maybe, maybe connected, uh, sent me an email, you know, we alluded to the fact that we'll get back together in a few days. I think the ball was in my court. A few days had passed. Now a week had passed. Now I'm feeling weird about that. And do I write back now? And now three, and it's a month later and I've been carrying the fact why I bet my conversations, why haven't I just re-engaged in the conversation, man? Why, why are you, but it's all about what I'm making up about what I think the other person thinks about me. Oh my God. Isn't, isn't that the truth? There's, there's like the best quote about that. It's like, um, I'm not what I think I am. I'm not what you think I am. I'm what I think you think I am. Right. Use that in our training all the time. Oh yeah. my God. Like what? And it's so that, and honestly, you guys, that's exactly why I sit on emails too. I'm like, it, it, it's partially, oh my God, what, what, this is what they're thinking or whatever. But some of it is like, what if, what if I'm not as valuable as I think I I'm thinking in my head, like, what if they come back and, or they're like, what if I'm annoying them? Oh, they think I'm annoying. That's why they're not answering. Except a lot of times the people who were going to ask for the quote or the people who were going to ask for a question or help are so damn busy that they actually want to get back to that email, but they, they're just so busy and they they appreciate the pings. I know that I do. I know that when I'm like, oh my God, I have this email in my inbox and they ping me again. I'm like, thank you. Thank God they pinged me again. Cause it went down to the bottom. So yeah. Well, we just forget that. that so fast. I was thinking this when you said earlier, when you're going through your list of what you're looking for, you mm -hmm. said something that I found really interesting. Um, and I've, I'm, I didn't quote you, but I wrote down what I thought you meant. Um, you were describing, you said you want somebody that uh, can give you ideas, but, or, or, but sorry, you said not uh, somebody that would listen to your ideas and not bash them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Push back and on them, but not. Back. That's yeah. right. That's right. And and I wrote down absorb and edit. Mm. Um, but I was thinking that that's a distinct type of relationship that actually ties in here. Mm. Because not everybody is going to want to partner with you. Yeah. 
you know, totally. and and you get to make that up if that means if that means something about you or if that just is revealing for where they are. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you can actually emphasize that in interviews and conversations where you can feel whether they're going to connect up like that or not. You know, yeah, yeah, that's something that comes pretty early. You can pick that up in people's language. And yeah. Their emphasis. And, and I'll say, for, I mean, for both my, my relationship with both Chad and Dan, um, you know, that's a big essence of it. I actually want to be with them. I want yeah. to do life with them. I want to build something with them. Um, yep. it's, not, it's not about, Certainly. uh, you know, the value exchange, the intellectual exchange and who task exchange, all that stuff is going to be, you know, kind of the game we're playing together, but I really want to be on the same team as them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, that, that's a value that runs through our team. I mean, we, you know, we kind of, we, we set the thing up. That's what we set it up as is look, we're going to do business. Let's do business with people we enjoy and are smart mm-hmm. and are, you know, driven like that. Yeah. This was really powerful for me today because on our walk right before this, the whole conversation was, um, you know, I started this because I really want to be working with more women in my day to day. And I have the opportunity right now to kind of look at bringing on, you know, more of like a co-owners, things like that, where it would, it would, it would change what I get to do, which would be great right? Like it, it would, it would be so much fun. I love, I've, I've worked on projects with other women, 50, 50 collaborated on events, collaborated on e-courses. Um, and those are the ones that I have the most fun on every yeah. single time. Yeah. When I do it all alone, it, fe- it starts to feel like work. Can I do it? Yes. I've muscled things out my whole life, but yeah. is it fun? Is that the really lasting thing for me that feels really good and sustainable? So this was a really great conversation because I really actually have loved just what you guys just said was probably one of the biggest things for me outside of I'm using, I'm, I'm going to be talking to you guys before I hire. Um, but to, to know that you are like, you know what, I want to be on this team because I really want to be yeah. on more of a team, that team feel, team yeah. decision-making, team ideation. So this was really clarifying for me. Yeah. Awesome. I know. That's our that's our commitment to this to this conversation that is the Naked Leadership Podcast. You know, there's so many wonderful podcasts out there that look at business, look at leadership from all different angles. Um, what what we're committed to doing here is um, to have the real conversation in real time as much as somebody's willing, uh, because I, I mean the the challenge is you're you're a very accomplished, brilliant, engaging. I mean, you're going to be successful, right? And you are successful and it's only going up and to the right. And you're up against some challenges that provoke all this internal tension. Like n- none of us get to escape tension. That's just what we'll call it other things than that and insecurities. We usually don't say it like that or vulnerability. We usually don't say it like that, but that's what's happening. And I mean, if we can normalize that, then actually those tensions, this is kind of where we began those tensions, like with the whole mm-hmm. I'm nervous that became your friend. Those tensions are telling us something that will invite us into a type of relationship with others that what was the problem before becomes the asset now. Like mm. it was the conduit for intimacy. It's the conduit for connection. It's the conduit for end. I mean, at the end of the day, productivity and effectiveness and, and profit if we do it really well. Um, and when we don't do it well, get back up and go again. So thank mm. you for this level of participation. I know people are going to they are impressed. I know people are going to be listening. I'm already thinking about who do I know in my network 
that are people that can help, you know, Lori kick ass in this way and with you in a very particular way, you know, because mm-hmm. that's the the, the, the the context of the relationship is really is really the future. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like who we are together. This yeah. So, um, sorry. So anyway, so thank you so much for the vulnerability and the honesty. And it's just a gift I know for the listeners. So uh, excited mm-hmm. to be connected to you and excited that maybe if three months from now, somebody to listen to this got connected and, and I, we would be overjoyed by that. Oh, I would be overjoyed by that too. And thank you guys for creating such an awesome safe space. Um, I, you know, like Chris and I eat this type of conversation up. It's what lights us up. It's why, you know, what we live for. So um, have loved getting to know you guys. And I will tell you, I like, this was super valuable because what has for me, and, and I don't even know if these words resonate with you, but, but for me, you put some strategy to the turbulent emotions that can come up. So I think that's the thing is it's just how do we na- how do we keep a clear head and navigate all of the feelings right that can come up especially when you when you have viewed your feelings as a strength in the past and now they're actually clouding a lot of your decision making so it's a lot of it's good to know that there are people who can say hey it's great feel that and we have these guiding principles and posts and things that you have said to help navigate when it gets clouded through your feelings. So these are your, this is what you want. This is what you talked about. Let's clear it up. So that's been, that was just amazing. So thank you guys so much for the conversation. And this was a blast. Thank you. Thank you, Lori, so much for your generosity. This, like, as Adrian was saying, this is going to be a huge gift. I would love to give you just the last word, you know, our audience to this podcast are founders who are frustrated. Mm. And they're working to become effective leaders. Mm-hmm. And these this conversation will just be such a gift, both in a sample of vulnerability, but also you, someone like you as, as, as accomplished as you are, uh, but still up against it mm-hmm. in, in this new venture. And, you know, all of the experience, I would love if you wouldn't mind just ending some sort of message or encouragement to these founders who feel like maybe they don't want more of what they already have. Mm-hmm. Um, but also how can they connect with you if they want to? Um, mm-hmm. What's the best way to interact with you? Whatever it is that you want to talk about. Uh, I, I would say that when you get frustrated guys, always like phone a friend. Don't, don't sit in that alone too long. That's been one of the biggest things for me, meaning just talk to somebody Um, because I think that as entrepreneurs and founders, we always think we can do it. Like we've gotten this far. Why can't we get out of this on our own? Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't work that way. Wherever you are, you're probably going to amplify it. And, um, I think that we get the opportunity as entrepreneurs, especially right now, I'll tell you the time that we're in. I'm not sure when this is getting released, but still being in, in COVID, this is giving us an opportunity to rethink. And I think that we can just take this idea and say, is the way that I'm creating this actually the way it has to be? Does it match up with what I want my life to look like? Mm-hmm. I've been questioning everything with this company right down to we were going to do it in a big office. We're not going to do that anymore because that's not the life I want. I don't want to have to go to an office every single day. Um, so with that said, like maybe the thing that you're suffering over, it doesn't have to be that way. It can be different. Um, so 
I just, this is the time to rethink it and question everything. Stupid idea, time, everything. Let everything, um, throw everything at a wall. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Lori Harder. You can go to lightpink.com. Um, yeah, that's, those are the most of the things that I'm hanging out on right now. And listen to the podcast. Oh, the podcast. That's right. I have that podcast thing I do four times a week. Earn your happy. Earnyourhappy.com, where you can also hear Adrian's episode, which was freaking amazing. Yeah, I that that podcast has been such a gift to my life. So thank oh. you for that. Oh my God. Thank you. Yep. All right, everybody. Awesome. Join us next week. Love you all. Bye-bye. Bye guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>